Welcome to the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast, a podcast where we teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements and corporate contracts. Each week, we deliver high-quality content that teaches you how to level up your speaking business. Be sure to join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group after having your mind blown by this information-filled episode. Now, here's your host, Ashley Kirkwood, lawyer and professional speaker. This is the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Hey guys, it's Ashley Kirkwood with the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. We're here today with Monet Everett, who is a celebrity hairstylist and professional speaker. She has her degree in speaking. She's already spoken on some big stages, but really looking to blow up that part of her business. Monet, welcome to Speak Your Way to Cash. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. Definitely. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about your business currently and how you want speaking to play a role in your business. Uh, so my business currently, I work mainly with celebrities doing their photo shoots and appearances and advertisements and things of that nature. Been doing it for 20 years, love my career, but the beauty industry is so vast that I'd like to be more of a voice uh, for uh, hair texture, black women, just uh, equality among hair and beauty in general. And I'd like to speak on more business stages to help them increase their diversity and inclusion and also also to solidify myself as an industry expert and just, you know, get out there, try some new things. Definitely. And what's kind of worked for you so far and what are the roadblocks you're running into? So the speaking aspect, me taking that as a business, it's very new. So what worked for me before was kind of pitching myself to get jobs, and then I started getting invited to conferences for panels and things of that nature, but it was very fly-by-night. I don't really have a system. So the roadblocks um, in both parts of my career have always been finding the people who are the decision makers and getting them to take me seriously as a speaker. Many times people want to put you in the corner as you're just a hairstylist or you're just a this or you only do black hair. And that's not the case. I'm very well-versed and have certifications in all hair textures and hair types. Definitely. And what is your pitching um, or your outreach plan look like now? Well, it's definitely, uh, it definitely could be better. Right now, like I said, the struggle is finding who to pitch. So once I do find that person, it's sending them info about myself, including a little bit of my top clients or top appearances and listing where I've been in the media. Um, luckily, I'm in the media at least a few times a month. Uh, but it's definitely a struggle of not knowing who to pitch. I think I'm probably only pitching myself maybe to 10 or 15 people a week, including podcasters. So clearly, I need to do a better job with that. Right. But it is good that you're doing it <laughs> yeah. because honestly, for a lot of folks that becomes the challenge is how do I continue to pitch when maybe I'm not getting a response or I don't have as many leads. But I think for your topic, because it's so niche and you have an audience that you want to work with, um, you don't need to pitch a lot of people. You just need to have a really well-defined pitch for those that you're looking to, to speak with. So tell me about some of the companies you've already spoken to and had success with, and then we can talk through ways you can build on that to get additional leads from those engagements. Sure. So I have worked with a big financial company, and I have also spoken, like, at the makeup show and different hair events and things of that nature. Awesome. 
Now, your target audience is corporations, is that right? Yeah, corp, uh, corporations and college. I was actually going to do be a keynote speaker at the end of uh, May for a Northeastern University, and I was so excited for that. They wanted me to come in and instill confidence on their less than diverse, um, confidence in education on their less than diverse campus, but of course, because of coronavirus, it's canceled. So I was really hoping to kind of put that speaking opportunity along with the financial institution, um, put those together to really kind of... Uh, you know, create my bases in my plan. Okay, great. So let's talk through uh, the corporation market and the college market. So you mentioned you had an engagement with the school, but it did fall through due to what we're going through with COVID-19. One of the opportunities you have um, that I've seen work for speakers is to stay in touch with that college, like develop a newsletter of some sort, and then every single month send them tips and things that they can use to plan virtual events, to host virtual events, to keep students engaged and encouraged during this time, even offering to send them like, hey, this is just a one-minute motivational clip for your graduating seniors who lost their, um, who lost their graduation. You can share it with them free of charge. Just wanted to encourage the seniors out there. Those types of things have been really helpful. I've had some students that have sent some um, meditation apps to their college advisors, and the advisors have then shared those resources with students. So ways to stay top of mind and kind of serve during this time where things are a bit haywire because the colleges are, some colleges, one of the colleges has actually closed in my state, but some colleges are, are currently worried about whether they're going to be able to keep their job. And events mm-hmm. in education, typically the events budget, is the budget that gets cut first if there needs to be cuts made. Um, and the colleges who've taken students off campus, they have some of them have re- refunded those housing and food fees directly back to students. Yeah. So there are yeah, budgetary most- concerns, and if they do bring on speakers, it's going to be those that have continued to serve them during this time that they really, really like. Absolutely. Every college that I'm aware of is closed. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all pretty much closed. Now, did you have the college sign a contract? We were just at that point of signing a contract. Actually, there was an error, and I needed to send it back when they closed. So mm, we were okay. just at that point. So one thing I'll say, because I know there's a lot of speakers that listen to the podcast, is you want to get your contract signed before you confirm the date. A lot of colleges will not pay you prior to the date. They won't even do a deposit at their state college. Some private colleges will. Um, None of the state colleges that I work with do deposits. I get paid after the event, typically right after I speak, if not the day after the event, they um, overnight a check to me. But I make it really clear with them, like, that date is not reserved and you are not booked until I have a signed contract because in the event something like this happens, they still have to pay me. Now, I don't always enforce that provision. If they reschedule the event within a year, that's fine. But you want to have them, because when you have a contract with someone, they're not going to just cancel your contract. They're going to, um, they're going to rehire you in the fall because there's a contract there. Yeah. And ideally, as speakers now, this is really, really important. Your contracts have to have acts of God clauses or clauses that cover pandemics, epidemics, governmental action, interference, et cetera. And you can say, you know, like, I either need to be paid or the speaking engagement can be rescheduled within a year for the same rate. 
Um, but it needs that money needs to be paid out within a year's time. And I'm happy to reschedule the, the date for a date that works. So you have flexibility with how you want to enforce it. But the contracts right now, everyone's reviewing their contracts like, okay, does it cover this? Does it not? What do I need to do to make sure um, I'm covered? So that's something to keep in mind. I know it was like bad timing because no one could foresee something like this happening. But that's why those clauses and those speaking, speaking contracts are really important because we start planning for events well before the event comes. Absolutely, and they actually had that clause in their contract saying the opposite. So that was interesting because normally I send out my own contracts, but for this particular school, they had a contract, and they had the exact opposite saying if it's canceled three weeks ahead of time or because of an act of God that it's just canceled. Yeah, and you can negotiate um, that out. So some schools have provisions that have to be in their contract, and then they'll put my contract as a writer. Um, and you'd be surprised, but I've negotiated terms out of contract with like, you know, humongous companies and they've agreed to it because at the end of the day, they want you to speak and no one is trying to ruin a deal over a contract that was drafted years ago by their legal department. Sometimes they can't, but oftentimes you can negotiate those things out or at least get some of your language in there that you want. Okay. Awesome. Because it's just. (laughs) <laughs> you have to, I mean, we have to protect ourselves because speakers don't get paid until they perform for the most yeah. part. But with the college, um, how did you get that college uh, opportunity? Did you pitch them cold? Um, how did that come about? No, they actually found me through Instagram because um, on my Instagram, I put up a lot of my work and a lot of my um, videos and public speaking snippets. I've definitely been struggling with finding um, the rhyme and the reason for how to post on Instagram with different parts of the beauty industry. But I was really excited that they found me. They said they had uh, been following me, my Instagram and then Googled me and saw how often I was in the media speaking on um, beauty and hair trends. So they wanted to introduce something new to the university. That is awesome. Yeah, thank you. She's actually, this was a student who's the president of an organization. Oh, that's great. Um, Okay, that's really good. So for... You found you. She found you via Instagram. Do you use LinkedIn? I do use LinkedIn. Um, I have not really had any amazing opportunities through LinkedIn, but I definitely use it. Hey guys, it's Ashley Kirkwood here, and I know this is an amazing interview. And if you are someone who is interested in taking your speaking career to the next level, then do I have something for you? Okay, I need you to go to Ashley Nicole Kirkwood dot com slash s y w t c live replay that's ashley nicole kirkwood dot com slash s y w t c live replay the link is also in the show notes that you can grab the speak your way to cash live replay which has seven modules a ton of information about how you can start speaking your way to cash now this training is absolutely action-packed, phenomenal. It has additional resources. It has templates. It has a podcast pitch template, um, a college pitch template, um, something you can send to media outlets to get on television. It has everything you need to develop a sales strategy, a press strategy, and a plan to skyrocket your speaking career. And it is crazy affordable, okay? So head on over there right now, ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash speaker S-Y-W-T-C live replay and grab your copy today. 
All right, let's get back to this interview. Things that you can utilize if your videos are attracting clients already on one platform. For LinkedIn, typically the person who hires on the college campus is going to be the student advice. Um, it's going to be the director of student activities. So if you make it a point to add maybe five or ten directors of student activities a day on LinkedIn or have an admin do it, you can, have, you can always outsource this, have someone add five to ten um, directors of student activities a day. Um, one of the things that's the benefit of that is you can start posting to that audience and they'll see it organically. So post mm-hmm. clips of your speaking engagement and say on there, and I'm not sure if you've already done this, but say like, hey, check out this clip of me speaking here. The key points are one, two, and three. You can see the full clip here. If you know anyone who works in student activities on a college campus, please give me a call. I love empowering students on these topics, and I'd be happy to set up a, a complimentary consult with them about my program. Have you done something like that already, like a really no, dedicated not- LinkedIn strategy? No, I haven't. That is phenomenal. <laughs> I, I yeah, especially if your like, content's already attracting people. Hey guys, Ashley Kirkwood here, and I just want to take a moment to invite you out to the Speaker Rate of Cash retreat. If you enjoy this podcast, then you will love the Speaker Rate of Cash 2020 retreat in October, taking place right outside Chicago, Illinois. This retreat is for speakers looking to grow their speaking businesses, land corporate or college clients, and skyrocket their earning potential as a speaker. The in-depth sessions at this multi-day retreat will leave you understanding exactly the high-level client acquisition strategies that I use to land corporate clients. You'll also know the exact steps you need to be taking to grow your current business. Let's get to the nitty gritty. The sessions are amazing. We talk about selling your signature speech and we actually have time to go over the techniques of speaking. So if you want to become a better speaker as well as a higher paid speaker, then you should come out. We have another session called TEDx Secrets. Bring your laptops. We are actually going to be looking up and applying to TEDx Talks at the retreat. This session will be critical if you're someone who wants to land a TEDx Talk. Client Secrets. You'll hear from actual clients about what they want from speakers just like you and selling success. We cannot do a retreat without talking about selling. But here's the session that I'm most excited about. We are going to do a vision organizational chart party. That means we are going to have not just vision boards, but vision org boards. We are going to map out how your speaking organization should be staffed, what you want that to look like, and how to use global outsourcing in a way that lets you fund the positions in your company that are currently open. So it's for you if you're ready to level up. If so, meet me in Chicago in October. Reserve your seat now. I'm only taking 30 speakers on this retreat. So go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash 2020 retreat. And the best part is you can get early bird pricing now of $550 or you can reserve your seat for just $75 down and make payments until the retreat. That's right. You can either pay in full and get early bird pricing of $550 for the entire two-day experience or you can reserve your seat for just $75 down. Whatever you decide to do, make sure you're in the room. It's going to be impactful. And I'm ready to help you start speaking your way to cash in person in Chicago in October. Again, the website is ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash 2020 retreat. See you soon. Can't wait, guys. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I post, but I don't think I directly ask for the sale or the booking that well. Yeah, I would do that because if you have content that's already attracting people 
to your platform, I would make it deliberate and use LinkedIn because that's where all the directors of student activities will be. That's where a lot of presidents of colleges will be. And if you have an admin or if you can dedicate 10 minutes to it a day, it's a great place to repurpose content that already exists. So there's a lot of things. LinkedIn can be a little intimidating to people, but you've already been featured in a lot of press. And one of the things LinkedIn allows you to do is to write articles. So you can write articles that's like featured and owned. Um, check out the story here. And that's the title of your LinkedIn article. And then you have a hyperlink to the actual article on the Oprah Winfrey Network or a news feature you did on some other broadcast just to get people talking about it again. Or you write about the article. Five things I learned from being featured in the Oprah Winfrey and Oprah's magazine. That's a great LinkedIn topic. Um, so not, not create more stuff, but repurpose what you already have to attract the audience you'd like to ask, you'd like to have. So maybe it's five things being an Oprah Winfrey, the own magazine taught me about diversity. And that's more towards your corporate clients. Wow. So there's tons of ways to do it. Um, and you can always tag people in the comments who you'd want them to check it out. And people will share it, ask them to share it. But really use LinkedIn because the ability to go viral on LinkedIn is just way higher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I'll post a one-minute clip of a video on Facebook and it'll get like, I don't know, 300 to 1,000 views. LinkedIn, it'll get like 10,000 views. Wow. Because that, you just never know what will pop there. Yeah, I have a ton of videos on YouTube, and they used to go viral all the time, and now it's like to get through the clutter, like you're happy to get a few hundred views. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking for other ways to put it out there. But I guess one of my slight struggles is I was already struggling with pivoting. As I don't want to be seen as just the hairstylist. If I stay in the hair game, I would want to be seen as a brand spokesperson for, um, you know, clearly a top hair care or tool brand, which would lend itself more into my public speaking as well. I definitely want to be a bigger voice for beauty and a industry expert than I want to be just the worker be doing the work behind the scenes. Uh, so trying to work all of this out in my mind and pivot has, has been fun. Well, one of the things you should do if there is everyone, every speaker should have role models. And I know you did the um, from pitch to pay challenge. So we talked about like finding someone who's doing what you do. And yet for you, it may be two different people. So someone who's a brand spokesperson, someone who's a great powerhouse diversity speaker and looking at how they set up their LinkedIn. And one of the things you'll notice is that their taglines are going to be multifaceted. So it's going to be, you know, yours should say something like um, keynote speaker, diversity advocate, celebrity hairstylist extraordinaire or something like that in the tagline on LinkedIn. So when you are connecting with people, and you're trying to get them to, you know, work with you and get to know you more, they can go right to your LinkedIn page and they can see exactly what it is that you do. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah, so you'll definitely um, want to edit your LinkedIn um, now. Because right now it does say the first thing on under your about is American Board Certified Hair Colors. So you can, when you go to the page, that's all you see before, unless you press expand. I see. I see. So great, great. if you don't want to be known as just a hairstylist or someone who's just in the hair industry, then that first line should be something like 
Monet Everett transforms companies through her diversity training, transforms clients through her celebrity hairstyling techniques, and helps incoming hairstylists learn the business. Something that really summarizes the three aspects of what you do and then go into your background with some bullets about why you're unique. That is awesome. Because I think, I mean, you already, your content's attracting you clients. So if that's your game and that has worked really well, I would put, I would double down on that. I think pitching, you know, of course, pitching is always going to be something that works and gets you consistent business over time. But attracting clients is something that um, I talked to the senior contributor at Forbes, um, Janice Gassam, about that on a prior Speaker Way to Cash episode, and that's what she does. She uses LinkedIn to attract clients. Almost 100% of her business, I think 100% right now, is from her attracting clients on LinkedIn. So she's attracted like H&M, um, these huge, huge brands that you've heard of for diversity training and consulting just from what she posts on LinkedIn. Wow, I'm sure that has to relieve a lot of anxiety. You know, I've been doing what I'm doing for 20 years, and 95% of this knows, and it's, it's hard to stay motivated. So attracting would be far better than cold pitching and, you know, constantly being put out for jobs or gigs and, or bookings and not getting them. Yes. So what you want to do, ideally the sweet spot for me would be you want to attract and you also want to pitch. The pitching gets you the consistent business. And I look at attracting clients as like bonuses. But the more you're in the game, the more you'll attract clients. So there are some businesses, and I'm sure you've heard of this, where they're like, oh, I get 100% of my business from referrals. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they have enough people talking about them at any given time that they're always being referred. So they can almost depend on that. But in times like right now where, you know, businesses are shutting down left and right, there's all this uncertainty about when we'll be able to get back to work, when the country will reopen. You want to be pitching so that people can see the value in your business. But the way you pitch has to be filled and fueled by empathy and understanding about where we're at. And knowing, like, maybe I won't get it for three months, but it will come through. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So you really want both. I actually have an online university for hairstylists who want to learn more about hair texture, diversity within the hair industry, and classes and things of that uh, nature. So I've been trying to move myself towards uh, industry experts, so I'm super happy that I already had that set up before this happened. But getting people to realize their education is important is interesting in this time as well. Yeah, it is because people, some people have limited resources. So the other thing with how we're going to navigate speaking during the um, coronavirus is, is, is that you have to figure out, all right, what, not only who can I serve, but who has resources to pay me? Yes. And that's not going to be everyone. And the way you figure that out will be, okay, well, what are the buckets of individuals who are not struggling right now who still need services? Mm -hmm. Well, we know there's a certain industry that's still going to work every day, essential workers. Is there anything you can do to make their lives easier and serve them? Maybe, maybe not. They may be overwhelmed. They may have a lot going on. They may not want to, like, purchase anything extra. They may not have any time. 
to do anything other than their job because it's so overwhelming. Okay, well, then what about all the corporate professionals who are in tech whose companies are thriving right now? So they're not doing layoffs, but they still get their check every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what could I do to serve that community? Well, they may not need my services directly, but diversity is still going to be an issue, but everyone's working from home. So how do you teach companies how to better, how to not forget about diversity when everything's virtual? Yeah. Is there a way to make your presentation relevant to that? So maybe it's not don't touch my hair, but that same theme may be something like, you know, don't make me put my video on because people who companies don't think yeah. about this, but socioeconomic diversity is a big thing. And if everyone has their video on, everyone has a nice home office, everyone has a nice house, but I'm barely making it in my one bedroom studio. I don't want you to see my little janky studio. <laughs> Uh And so who's standing up for those employees that don't have the ring light and and a nice home to be in the background? They don't want to have their video screens on. Or what are some other ways that that matters for companies now that they really need to think about? Well, even throughout the beauty industry, uh, there's a lot of issue with doing the uh, video because maybe my routine might take a couple of hours. Maybe by the time I put my hair on, put my lashes on, put my makeup on, there is no let me just jump and people are judged between what's considered um, beautiful and not or what's considered natural beauty and what's not. Yep. So I think I think right now those are going to be topics and things that are that will eventually come up the longer this becomes our new normal. Um, companies will have to realize that I think everyone is coming to that realization that there there will be a new normal that emerges from this, but we will never go back to how it was before. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just the fact that now all of your employees know that they can work from home. You'll never be able mm-hmm. to go back to forcing people in the office and all of that. Like, it's just not, it's not going to work. Absolutely. So there's a lot of angles you can take, but LinkedIn will be, um, it will be something that you'll have to work on, you know, customizing for you, but also think about before you post, like, what audience do I want this to attract? And how can they easily reach out to me if they're interested and start conversations? This is, this is awesome. There is a great person who, uh, through your paid to pitch, uh, pitch to paid challenge that I started looking into, Tabitha Coffee. She's an amazing hairstylist who does keynote speaking all the time. She also had her own television show. So I would love yeah. to kind of model myself uh, after her. And I'm just trying to figure out how people like her have been able to break through to be taken very seriously. Have you reached out to her on LinkedIn? I have not, but I've met her. Um, she actually, I gave her a copy of my book and took pictures with her. So I'm sure she wouldn't remember that. But um, no, I don't know her personally. So I would reach out to her because, honestly, this is a great time to reach out to people because everyone's at home. Mm-hmm. Everyone's at home. No one is, no one's gallivanting around the world right now unless you're in mm-hmm. government or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in government or you have to for work. Um, but most celebrities are at home, and so you have a, a unique opportunity now to 
connect with people who maybe never have had downtime before in their career. Absolutely. So I would ask her, um, but first I'd read a lot of, so the way that I reach out to people who I don't know, who are of stature, who may consider themselves celebrities or who may actually be celebrities, is I will read an article that they were um, featured in, and then I'll send them a note saying like, hey, I read your article in blank, blank, and blank. You mentioned this. I would love to know more about how you X, Y, and Z specifically. I've researched and I didn't find anything on it. Because you don't want to ask them a question that is like, oh, I get asked this all the time in interviews. You could have just Googled it. <laughs> yeah. But if it's something really specific, really unique, or if you find a line where she says, like, I love to mentor um, upcoming folks in the entertainment industry, et cetera, then that can get a response quicker and faster than anything else. Awesome. Okay, awesome. But I would reach out because I reach out to people I don't know all the time. Awesome. Yeah, I do a pretty good job with that with clients to do their hair, but, you know, they see you differently. Honestly, if I'm a hairstylist, they kind of see you as providing a servant, service, i.e. servant, so you're looked at as differently than as a peer or someone with something to really bring to the table. Yeah, and, and, and that's the other thing, too, is you want to position yourself as a peer, even if you are reaching out to um to someone you don't want to position yourself in a way that's like hey you're up here i'm down here you need me blah 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 like because it's just you don't want to do that um you know and and in the way that you do that i think is like by saying things in a not name dropping way but basically saying like hey I would love to learn more about how you broke into the edu- the entertainment industry. I've been approached by um, the Oprah Winfrey Network to be featured in their their magazine or in the, their print edition, but I would love to do more with media. So that way she knows, like, you're not – you're worth the investment of time because there's also this fear of people who are very busy that, okay, I can give you all this advice, but you're probably not going to do anything like 90% of the other people that I've talked to over my life. So you want to show them early that you're someone who will take initiative and actually do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. But, I mean, you, you have so much experience in the industry, you, there should be no need for you to approach it as anything other than a peer. Awesome. And there is um, there's an extension, a Google Chrome extension called Lead Leaper, L-E-A-D-L-E-A-P-E-R, that you can, in, you can put it on your um, Google Chrome extension. You can add a Google Chrome extension, and when you're on LinkedIn, if the person's email is available, you can click on the little icon, and it'll give you their email. What? Okay. Yeah, so you get a certain amount. <laughs> right, yeah, you get, you get a certain amount of free ones per month, and then, of course, they want you to pay for it, but I think you get 30 or 40 a month. So it's something that I've had my uh, team use before to do some research, and it's been really helpful, especially because the leads that I look up on LinkedIn, typically I'm reaching out to them um, personally. So I'm not, like, sending them a mass email. It's like, hey, we're LinkedIn friends. I've contacted you before, blah, blah, blah. Like, tell them the story of what you're looking to get um, and try to make your emails, your initial email less than five sentences with, like, a really clear call to action at the end. 
Perfect. Do you have any advice for, um, yes, I have experience, but I don't know that I have a lot of experience in one particular area. So I have a lot of, say, experience in something similar to asking to speak at your college or your um, corporation. So what are the type of things that I would include in that email? When they're asking you what your experience is? Yeah, like when I'm reaching out, I'm saying this is why I want to uh, know who books these speakers. This is why I want to speak at your school. Well, you would normally I recommend just saying like, hey, are you the person who books for X conference? And they'll either say yes or no and tell you who to reach out to. And then when you reach out to the and when you find out they are the person, you're going to say, oh, excellent, because I would love to teach your audience how to X, Y, and Z. You can get a clip of me speaking here. Um, I've worked with several companies and helped and gotten great feedback, which you can review here, but I'd love to set up a 10-minute or 15-minute call with you just so we can learn more about what your organization is looking for. So you don't have to, for the most part, you're not going to send an email that's like, hey, I'd be great because of all these things. You're going to make it really focused on this. Like, I've looked up who you've had last year. It looks like you've had some great speakers. Some of them talk about X, Y, and Z. I would love to speak on this topic, which I think will be complimentary, or I didn't see that you had anyone speak on X topic. I would love to fill that void and teach your audience X, like, three bullet points. Mm -hmm. And what you say is, like, I have over 20 years' experience in the field and grappling with these issues on the front lines. And now I really focus on teaching companies how to handle um, these really tricky issues that I've dealt with for more than a decade. So it's all about positioning because you you have over a decade of experience in something. And right now, if you have over a decade of experience in anything, you can sell it. So your experience is cemented. It's just in – it may not be like I have over a decade of experience doing keynotes on this topic, but I have over a decade of experience – in this topic, in grappling with these issues. So it's just semantics how you word it, but your experience is cemented. And it's typically in the field because people, you're being hired to speak, but they're really hiring you because you're an expert. They're not really hiring you because you're an expert speaker. It's because you're an expert on the topic who can also present well. But the number one driving factor of them hiring you is your expertise. It's typically not the speaking ability. Yeah, and I like to surprise them and let them know I actually speak pretty well, too. (laughs) Yeah, and so that's done through, when I say, like, here and here, you want to include a link to that video to show them that and a link to some reviews to show them what your clients have said about you in the past. Awesome, awesome. Do you have any recommendations on maybe conferences, because I know we spoke about uh, colleges and about corporate, so it seems like the fun stuff is really the uh, conferences, but I seem to only find out about conferences and things once they've already announced their speakers. Yeah, but if you find out about a conference you want to go to and you just find out late, you should still email them and say, like, hey, when does your call for speakers open? When are you looking to do that? Right now, conference schedules are not even cemented at all because they're changing dates. So even the conferences that are planned, they're moving them out. And so we don't know, they don't know who's going to be available on that date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who would fly. There was a conference that wanted me to speak and um, 
I before all of this, I would have been willing to do it and possibly even sponsor it. Um, but now it's like, oh no, not worth the risk. Like if you can't afford yeah. the, the full rate, like I'm not, I'm not making any concessions to go speak anywhere that involves me getting on a plane, like without it being my full rate, just because it's it's not worth the risk to me um, mm-hmm. anymore. Because uh, there was virtually no risk before this happened, and now every time I travel after this, I'll have to consider like, okay, well, will it be safe? Will there be a safe place for me to, you know, pump for my daughter? Will I be able to take her? Am I comfortable taking her flying after all that has gone down? Probably not for a year or so. (laughs) So there are a lot of considerations, um, especially when it's not for something that I, you know, wouldn't otherwise do if it's for work. You know, it's not a vacation or something like that, which I probably would take a vacation. I'm praying that by October, November, things are back to normal. Um, or quasi-normal at least, but we just don't, we, we don't know what normal means for our new world. Yes. Yeah. And so you kind of have to keep that in mind as a, um, as a speaker. Most people, they did a survey, and I think they said most people are comfortable flying in the fall, so August, mm-hmm. September, um, which is good because our uh, speaker rate of cash conference is in October. Thank God it's in October and it wasn't earlier. Yeah, um, right. So you didn't have to move it. Um, actually, no, we didn't have to move it. You mentioned doing virtual things. Did you have any suggestions mm-hmm. on virtu- virtual stuff that I could do now? Well, what I would recommend is you still pitch your same topic and your same um, your same regime, but in your pitches, you now include a line that says, by the way, I'm happy and I have the setup and the capability to present this virtually. Nice. So that way you don't have to think of like, oh, how do I present this whole new topic? No, no, no. Just You're just going to let them know that you have the capability to present it virtually if that's something that um, that they're interested in. Wonderful. Because it likely will be. Eventually, you know, employees are still going to need motivation. People are still going to need their – we have to return to work. Maybe not as usual, but we have to get back to it. Companies are going to have to give their employees some sense of normalcy, and I think that they'll be looking to do a little bit more than just give them some normalcy, but to actually make them feel comfortable. This is so helpful. Thank you so much. Of course. So what do you think you're going to do first as a result of this call? Well, go through all of my notes because I've been typing like a mad woman over here. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Probably probably the first thing I'll do is attack LinkedIn and uh, add the directors and presidents' presidents of colleges, um, directors of student activities, uh, things of that nature, and repurpose the articles because I never thought about writing five things I learned about diversity from my own teacher. But, you know, I, I did. I, every time I do an article, right. especially if they uh, include other industry experts, I do learn a lot. So that's awesome that I had not thought about that. So I think that that's awesome. Um, reaching out to people uh, whom I admire um, on LinkedIn. So that's probably going to be the, the first thing I completely tackle is LinkedIn. 
Definitely. And it's so many opportunities on LinkedIn now. Well, it's been great speaking with you, learning more about your profession and the creative ways that you're converting your hair industry experience into a speaking platform. Where can the audience learn more about you? Or if someone who hires speakers is listening, how can they hire you? So I'd love for them to check out my website, themonelife.com. And Monet is spelled M-O-N-A-E. Uh, so that's themonelife.com. And my Instagram is at Monet Artistry. Once again, Monet spelled M-O-N-A-E and then Artistry. And maybe all of my videos on uh, YouTube, once again, at Monet Artistry, M-O-N-A-E, Artistry. Awesome. Well, Monet, it was great speaking with you. Thanks again for joining Speak Your Way to Cash. And we look forward to seeing all the awesome things that you do. I know you're in the Facebook group, so I will see updates and wins very soon, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, check out your recent episodes. I absolutely love your podcast. I had to have listened to at bare minimum 90%. I want to say all of them, but I'll say at bare minimum 90% of your podcast. They're phenomenal. Definitely. Thanks so much. I'm glad because I love recording them and I, I love hearing people's experiences with them. And if you're someone at home listening who loves the podcast, be sure to rate and review us so that we can continue to provide great high quality content. Thanks again for joining Speak Your Way to Cash. All right. Wasn't that interview amazing? If you're anything like me, you have pages full of notes. But here's the thing. Before you head out, I want you to go to Facebook.com and Join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group. That is where I am. That's where a ton of other speakers are, a ton of other people who listen to the show. All We all congregate there and chat. And it's 100% free. Now, if you're ready to take your speaking career to the next level, I have two ways for you to do that. One, you can go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash SYWTC live replay and pick up the live replay. That training is seven modules, chock full of information. It's crazy. Go over there, read all about it. Or if you want a more personal experience, you're already, you already know that you want to be a speaker. You're ready to fully commit and you want someone to walk you through it and save you tons of time Googling and doing it on your own. Then book a VIP day with me. You can go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com, scroll down until you see the VIP day section and get more information on that there. All right. Thank you guys again for watching. Please do not forget to leave us a review. That is how we keep this train rolling and get some of the best speakers in the world to get on this show. So please, please, please leave a review. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and Facebook in the Speaker Way to Cash group, Instagram at, at the Ashley Nicole Show. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you and say hi. All right, y'all have an awesome, awesome day.